0: Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast edition. Joining me as always on Thursdays, Dwayne, generally Smoke Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, master of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners. Dwayne, um, lots of stuff going on this week, man. <laughs> oh yeah, um, domestically and and, uh, and
1: abroad, foreign policy. I mean, it's it's kind of a pick-em. You, you can go anywhere you want spend spend
0: our time together but we got we got a lot to cover uh we do have a lot to cover i think it will we'll start with the the most recent um developments in ukraine which is that ukrainians oh, by are by the way by the way yeah.
1: I, uh, you, you introduced me i i want to say i can i i am a male and i can define what a male is i was
0: gonna actually that was gonna be my first question but we i, I was just about to go to the other the other topic but oh, okay, Dwayne, okay that's fine uh, no no that's fine let's 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 start there uh, Dwayne, what is a woman? <laughs> a woman is a,
1: is one of the two scientific genders of, of homo sapiens. A woman is the, uh, gender that has the chromosomal ability to reproduce. Um, now bear children.
0: Okay. Um, where did you get your d- degree in biology, Dwayne? Because I'm I I am reliably informed by people hey, people with knowledge that you have to be a biologist to be able to define what a woman is. Hey,
1: I you know what? I took high school biology. I dissected the frogs. I dissected the sharks.
0: Uh, I I know I know my way around biology. You played doctor when you were a kid.
1: I played doctor a little <laughs> bit when
0: I was a kid. All right, Dwayne. So. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, you know, Marsha Blackburn set up this question. I I, I mean, (laughs) this is the first black woman to be named to the Supreme court. Right.
1: And Ted Cruz drove a, drove a a Mack truck through that, that hole that Marsha Blackburn exploited. Right. Um, look, why was Katanji Brown Jackson nominated? What was, what was the selling point by the white house of why she was picked? What was promised? With the forthcoming nomination that ended up becoming Katanji Brown, wasn't even Joe it, Biden.
0: It was the it, in fact, it was the only category from which he was going to choose a black woman. That a was his pledge. Woman. A black that, that woman. Was, that was his promise. He he made it all the way through the campaign trail.
1: This was a box that was checked off. A campaign promise that he made. It was going. His first pick was going to be a black woman. It's it is time for a black woman. So he chose a black woman uh what are we what, what month are we in the middle of we we are just coming off of what month last month and then we're into what
0: month this month what is what it's, is this month again is it women's history month and it's women's but, history month isn't on, on the on the heels of black history month i think is... I, I i think that's i think that's the case but uh well i, I, I guess we but can yet... define black because we've done that with rachel Dolezal, right i mean we've <laughs> Yeah, Rachel Dolezal is uh, is 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 clearly uh, what you you are
1: black if you feel black, unless of course you really aren't and you're appropriating, in which
0: case you're kind of canceled. Even though, it's, it's She was uh, just ahead of her time, Dwayne. Rachel, I, I think it's Dolezal. It could be Dolazal, but I think it's pronounced Dolezal. I think um, whatever the, it was, <laughs> the the the, the Bartholona. Uh, um, Barthel- I think it's a Bartholona thing. Pronu- yes.
1: Pronunciation.
0: Well, it's um. um it's uh what's it? Tears for Fears it was um, Olafable, right? And he pronounces it Olafable.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's Well, uh, Roland uh, or- or- Orthoball. <laughs> Orthoball, Orthoball, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, look, Orthoball, thank you.
1: Yes. Uh, no. The here's the thing: it is if uh, Rachel Dol- Dolothal, uh if that's how we're going to pronounce her name, if if her story was just now breaking. Would she have the same result she had whatever it was four, five, six years ago?
0: I, I gotta be honest with you, Dwayne. I'm not I sure why so. she's not. Well, I'm not sure why she's coming out now and saying I've been vindicated. <laughs> if you can't define woman, you can't define black, because n- truth doesn't matter. I mean, what 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 really struck me about this? Not that it's gonna derail. Jackson's nomination, right? I mean, we know this. She, she's going to get confirmed. This is going to have she, no now, impact now, on this. Well, you see, here's the thing. She is going to
1: get confirmed, but you know what? I, I, I guess Hugh and I, before the hearings, Hugh and I were much more uh, generous on 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 the ease of which this confirmation was going to go through. We figured it would be, you know, Hugh thought originally the over-under was 65 I'm not sure it was that high it, but yeah, it I saw was, that.
0: And I thought that was pretty, that was pretty generous. I I, I was going to ask you, which 15 well, Republicans do you think are going to vote for <laughs> Jackson's confirmation? Well, he thought Shelley Moore capital might, he thought, um, uh, uh I, I mean, I think there was a chance to get maybe five or six, but that was probably as much. I mean, I don't want to go through 15 names here, but I mean, yeah, we're down to, we're down to Susan Collins and, and I maybe Murkowski, Susan, right? Collins. I think she lost Susan Collins. Really? I think she lost Susan Collins
1: yesterday. So so now it's, why did she lose Susan Collins? Uh, because with Susan Collins, process matters. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of her answers yesterday that were really off-putting to okay. uh, Susan Collins. It wouldn't surprise me. I think it's down to Murkowski.
0: Um, Murkowski is not going to vote for her. Murkowski's got to stand for election in Alaska. It, well, then if, if she's lost... You see, I really think she's lost Collins. If
1: you think she's lost Murkowski, the only other one that she even had a chance of of grabbing was Mitt Romney. But um, she lost Mitt Romney uh, because um, his Mormon sensibilities are over his political sensibilities, right? And the defending child porn stuff. He's like, yeah, I can't do that. It yeah, maybe if, so I if think it's I think
0: it's fifty plus. I think it's fifty plus Kamala.
1: And if that's the case, okay, fine. But, you know, here's, here's what, yes, the last two days to me have done. This has not been the Republicans' attempt to scuttle the nomination. I really don't think they've been going after her to, to scuttle her nomination. What they're doing is they are taking Virginia's election and applying it to this nomination so that the yep. democrats are going to be forced to take a vote on the successful branding the republicans have done to her nomination it's not that they're beating her up personally again you know the, the, all this talk about uh from the left about how we're demonizing the republicans are demonizing her much more than the democrats ever did to brett kavanaugh is absurd oh I mean, yeah it's just
0: Patently absurd. They, they were accusing him of gang rape. I mean,
1: give me a break. <laughs> they they were accusing him of gang rape. They they were you know going through uh you know his 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 college years, going through his high school yearbook, the boofing, the boof, the, the boof truthing, all that kind of stuff. That's absurd. What the Republicans are doing is they are looking at her judicial record as a. Uh, as a as a job qualification for whether or not she deserves to be promoted to the next level of the judiciary they're looking at her judicial record they're looking at her sensing sentencing that to me seems to be okay if we're if we can't just say what do you think about abortion nope can't answer that what do you think about immigration nope can't answer that if you can't ask her what her judicial philosophy is on on the on the key important issues of the day rightly so if she's not going to answer those questions, and you can't ask those questions, but she is a judge, okay, let's look at her judgeship. Let's look at what she's done while she was a judge. That seems to be in play as far as a job interview, does it not?
0: Well, it does, and and they have done a pretty good job of, of doing that the, uh, to the point now where the White House supplied pre-sentencing reports to Democratic senators but refused to provide them to Republicans. Which
1: is out. Outrageous.
0: and i think that's part of the process issue that you might be talking about with susan with, collins. with susan collins because yeah. susan
1: collins is looking at that going hey that ain't cool i mean susan collins is a lot of things but she's been around that body a long time and she knows what the standards are and when you look at when you look at the white house doing a heavy hand and and you've got dick durbin as the as the committee chairman Saying nope, that's out of bounds. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you, de- uh, you know, I- I expose all these, all these, uh, you know, uh, uh, child porn defendants. I, I'm not going to let you do that. That, that's a bridge too far for me. We're not going to do that. And Mike Lee is looking at him, open face, agape, like, "Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, we, that- that- we, we are, we are doing some, uh, something, you know, the, the term unprecedented keeps." We, that's the most overused word in the history of the English language.
0: Unprecedented?
1: <laughs> unprecedented since the days of Donald Trump. But, but what the Democrats are doing now to the Judiciary Committee is actually unprecedented. Uh, withholding the, the, the pre-sentencing guidelines for just the minority and, and shutting down, shutting down um, uh, lines of inquiry. It, it, it just doesn't happen. But we're, we're doing it here because we've got to jam this thing through dick durbin is trying to stop the bleeding of this nomination
0: and the bleeding is because she can't answer a damn question well i would say that she was actually doing pretty well until it got into the evening session that's kind of where things started falling apart for her that's where the uh can you define a woman thing started she right
1: actually looked like she was wearing out
0: yeah she she was, she was tiring like out she,
1: she looked like she was tiring out and she let her guard down And she wasn't thinking through her answers all the way. Yeah,
0: which which, which begs the question, doesn't it not? And I know that that's not the proper structure for begging the question. But it does at least prompt the question. Why did Democrats have a a night session for this thing? Why not just stop it at 5 o'clock, come back, do an extra day? I mean, (laughs) they're in charge of this. I mean, having your nominee sit up there for, what was it, like nine hours? Nine, ten hours, yeah. yeah. I mean, why do that? Why do that to her, especially when you're coming back and doing questions the next day? I mean, they came back uh yesterday and did more questions. They wrapped it up, I think, around noon. These hearings actually are pretty grueling. They were grueling for Kavanaugh. They were grueling for Gorsuch. They they went a long time. I, I, I don't get I don't get why you why you set that why you set up that trap in the first place if you're in control of this. Um I would say four hours one day, four hours the next day, four hours a third day, and then we're done. Rather than trying to squeeze it into you know, one and a half days of committee time. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway.
1: But yeah. The, the, uh, you know, she, she had three really bad moments this week. One was the, you know, I can't define what a woman is thing. And again, no, it wasn't
0: just, that I, I can't define what a woman is because that's actually sort of out of the progressive playbook. It was what she said in explaining that because I'm not a biologist. And if it's a matter of biology, then it's very simple. <laughs> human biology has two sexes just like most mammalian and even right. most non-mammalian so uh, so, you, so that's that is actually the same thing as saying um you know I'm
1: I'm a science denier I'm 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 not going to recognize what science says about it
0: right you don't have to be a biologist to know that there's two human sexes you don't have to even be a biologist to know that that the that, that DNA programs that right if, if the <laughs> uh,
1: it, it, I've, I've, i think I've said this before a thousand years from now, right, if the bones of Kataji Brown's Jackson are found and nobody and, and whoever the, 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 the people or the alien overlords are are, are are on the planet a thousand years from now that see that set of skeletal remains, right? Right. They're not going to have any idea what law school she went to. They're not going to have any idea what thoughts were going through her brain at the time because that was soft tissue. Uh, uh, brain matter. They're not going to know any of of what she stood for initially. All they're going to see is a set of skeletal remains. What is the very first thing that uh, upon observation of those skeletal remains, what's the very first thing they would be able to do to be able to rule it down at least in half as to
0: trying to identify those remains? That she was an indeterminate person of sex. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. They're going (laughs) to. Right. No, they're, they're gonna, going It's to, gonna be very determinate
1: because they're gonna they, look at the DNA. Well, they're going to look at the DNA, and they're going to look at the at the bone structure, right? That this the the shape of the hip versus the upper end of the femur and how the femur integrated with the hip and the length of the femur. There is two distinct sets of of skeletal remains, right? Right. The 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 bone structure of a male femur going into the hip joint looks different and acts different than it does in a female because of the purpose of a female and the purpose of a male right the, the the reproductive purpose the bone structure the bones are shaped differently right right so you are going to be able to tell you may not know a thing about her background but you're going to know that okay i am at least looking at a at a at a, at a, at a female skeletal remain and that's your starting point and then you go from there you start looking at dna you look at everything it is it, it is empirical data that is scientific. You cannot deny it. I mean, you can, but you're an idiot. You're a fool.
0: You know, at this point in time, Dwayne, if I had a real producer for this show, we'd be spooling up Billy Joel's. She's always an indeterminate sex person to me. But... Uh... <laughs>
1: And again, going back to the political thing, BGs pers-
0: are BGs are standing by with more than an more indeterminate, than woman, yeah. more, more than an indeterminate sex person. But yeah.
1: but going back to the to the purpose of the Republicans here, by going down this by going down this road, what the Republicans have dumbed into here is the American people are looking at this, going, okay, she may be qualified, she's going to go in the court. I understand all that, but the Republicans are making Democrats take a vote here. That they don't necessarily want to take now, and they're they're going to have to. They're going to have to toe the line because they're not going to go go against their own president and and his first uh,
0: Supreme Court pick. No, no, we 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 got to move on. You mentioned three things that she stumbled on, and, and and to me this is this is actually the the most basic one because it's it's basically just an, a flat out denial that there's any such thing as truth. And especially in terms of biological sex, on which a lot of federal law is based, right? The Violence right. Against Women Act, which Biden was just bragging about renewing the previous week, um, you know, Title IX, Title VII, Title VI, uh, all those things are are based on biological gender. Um, and there's more in in you know, women-owned business um, uh, concessions and in, in government contracting. I mean if you can't define a woman none of this stuff is going to work and and so i mean to me this was the basic the the most um basic failure of of jackson what were the other couple things that you wanted to mention before we move on to ukraine she she had an exchange with josh hawley um
1: about uh some child predator cases in which she eased the sentencing um much to the chagrin of the prosecution up to 10 different times and in one of the uh, occasions, she said that, uh, look, this, uh, this one defendant that you're talking about, he was 18 years old. He just graduated from high school. And, and uh, some of his, some of his uh, victims, some of his uh, people he was uh, uh, getting, you know, child porn images on his computer, they were close to his own age. They were, they were older teens. And Josh Hawley says, some of them were eight Yeah, how how do you call them peers? How how do you call he says, I have a seven-year-old I have a seven-year-old kid myself. How how is it that you have an 18-year-old looking at at an eight-year-old in a sexual way and call them a peer and give them a lighter sentence? She says, Well, well, some of them were older. Okay, so what is this? The bell curve? You take the youngest and the oldest and you throw those kids out and you average the other kids in the middle, and if they're of a certain median age, that's how you dole out the sentence? That's, that really didn't come across very well, Ed Morrissey.
0: No, no. And what was the third?
1: The third one was in an exchange with Tom Cotton, uh, where Tom Cotton was um, talking about her sentencing of a self-described fentanyl kingpin. Uh, he was dealing uh, right. heroin laced with fentanyl, right? And uh, he says, so when you, when you gave out this light sentence, I know you talked to the family of the, of the fentanyl dealer, the kingpin. Did you deal with any of the uh, any families of, of, of the victims of, uh, of this guy? And she said there were no victims. It was a victimless crime. Yeah. There, there... And he says, excuse me? She said, well, it was a drug bust. There, there, were, no, there were no material uh, victims in this case. And Tom Cotton pauses for a second. He says, there's 100,000 people that die every year from fentanyl. What do you mean there's no, there's, there's no victim. You're telling me that this guy dealing fentanyl, there were no victims to, to this guy's crimes.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not a good
0: look, Ed. No, but it is a democratic look. It is. is, This is, this is, but again, it, it's it's going to kill them in the midterms though.
1: It's going to kill them in the midterms because what you're doing is you are branding her and the Democrats by voting for her as being anti parent as being soft on crime, as being soft on on uh, on, uh, on on schools, trying to um, keep all the CRT and and bizarre sex ed stuff out of out of class, it 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 again it turns the midterms into the Virginia election. It 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 yunkinifies yeah. her nomination. Yes, it, it gives does. The Republicans something easily to tee off on and say, well. KGB believes in this this and this and 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 Mark Kelly voted for and and Maggie Hassan voted for and Cortez Masto voted for you know it's it's the the campaign ads write themselves
0: all right we got to move on because we've got about uh, we got about a third of the uh, of, of this podcast still left to go about Ukraine and I do want to get to Ukraine sure. because um you know this is a this is a very interesting story you you have this morning now um you had ukraine apparently uh, attack the the port of berdyansk and sink a russian um supply ship the orsk in now the this port is, now, now this
1: isn't exactly crimea right this is actually no 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 this is this, this is
0: actually a ukraine this, this, this was this was is previously a actually... ukrainian city right right this was this was their city it was on the sea of azov and the russians have have it, this was very early i think it was february 27th bergansk fell to the russians and the reason why they wanted to seize it is they wanted to cut off the ukrainians access to the sea of azov and a very clear strategic uh decision which makes a lot of sense if you're right. going to invade ukraine you want to make sure that they can't resupply from the sea at least at that point um the ukrainians kind of flipped that script today and sank a, one of their major resupply ships the orsk which they had just you know RT had just got done profiling in Moscow, right? Just 2 days earlier, 2 days ago, they had a primetime thing about the Orsk and how it was bringing in men and materiel for for the, you know, the Russians, you know, special military operation against the Nazis in Ukraine.
1: So this is this is classic. This is, you know, the the, the classic uh, uh uh analogy is if you've got a jog a dog that's chasing down a car, that dog might chase that car, but if that dog uh catches a car,
0: what are you gonna do with it next? You know right. like, w- Yeah, that's that's always been my that's always been Russia's, my question about this. Russia's
1: <laughs> Russia's not gonna be able to hold this. Um and uh, it's not even just there. There, there is actual military, uh, military uh, uh, ground uh, counter offenses that are going on too
0: uh, up around Kiev, and that's you know Richard Engel, NBC's Richard Engel was reporting on that yesterday. the the The, the issue with Berd- the 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 key point with Berdyansk was that was their re- Russians resupply point for their siege on Mariupol, which is which is the linchpin to that strategy that I just mentioned. Right. Once they once they take Mariupol, it's, it's, that's going to hurt. Yeah, they're already having problems supplying that siege in Mariupol. Um, if they can't use that port, it's going to make it a lot more difficult to get the necessary men and material into place. And the Ukrainians are trying to crank up some counteroffenses, and in service to that, you know, this is sort of setting up. Uh, Zelensky's speech to NATO this morning. And I you know, I know you guys were on the air while this was going on. I know you were also covering it because I could see Hugh tweeting about it. But uh, Zelensky has dropped his demand, apparently, for a no-fly zone. Didn't mention it in today's speech to NATO, which is a, an interesting development all its own because it's very clear that NATO wasn't going to do that.
1: Well, and, and I and I think Zelensky knew it. Even when he was talking about it and asking for it in, in his, in his uh, trip around the horn to the UK and Canada and the U.S., uh, he was asking uh, for it. He, he knew he wasn't going to get it. I mean, he, he, so he's like, at least give us the planes. At least give us the ability so we can try to do no-fly no zone ourself. Um, he, he had a contingency plan.
0: He knew he wasn't going you know, to get NATO to do that. So today he asked NATO for 1% of its materiel, planes, tanks, give me 1%. And he can defeat Russia, which, you know, as as I wrote shortly afterwards, that 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 doesn't sound too uh, doesn't doesn't sound too boastful considering what he's done with zero percent of NATO's arsenal so far. Now we've sent lethal aid, uh, we haven't sent, uh, as far as I know, we haven't sent tanks, and I know we haven't sent planes because that was a big huge issue over the last couple of weeks where we promised to send planes, then kind of reneged on that. Uh, he still wants the planes. He's made that very clear. He wants sure. larger weapon systems, though. He wants the S-300s. Um, which, we wants, should gi- which we should give him, by the way. Which we should give him. Uh, he wants tanks.
1: Because that, that, that stops high-altitude Russian bombers.
0: It does. And that's what's happening in Mariupol. That's, they need it to defend Mariupol. So, does NATO actually respond to this, Dwayne? Because, look, I mean... One of the things that they're worrying about right now is escalation because it's pretty clear that Vladimir Putin's getting desperate. Um, he his he, he had people quit. He had um, his special envoy to climate change. I want to talk about Anatoly Chubais in in just a moment, but um, but uh, he's getting desperate, and in that it's- desperation, he might want to he might want to expand the war to NATO as a as a way to get a sort of a full um mobilization from the russian people by claiming that russia proper is now under attack
1: um if if he does try to attack a nato country and and draw everybody into it and 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 play total martyr again i i i don't see how the Russian, I don't see how the oligarchs are going to ultimately go along with that. I mean, at some point, at some point, he's just going to disappear, and nobody's going to. He's going to go Jimmy Hoffa. They're going to have to look for him in the in the end zone in 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 the Meadowlands. Um, <laughs> I, I, I whatever I, the Russian equivalent is, or or the Russian equivalent thereof, right? Um, I can't I can't imagine that Russian oligarchs want to take on NATO. I I just can't. Uh, that's not that's not good for anybody's business, right?
0: Right. I, I I mean I agree. We have to ask ourselves though: Is is Putin still acting rationally? I don't necessarily think he's acting irrationally now. He's been setting up this war in Ukraine for years. Did you see the clip of um? Uh, I I forget the guy's name Naz Nazranov. Um, I think he was a, he's a commentator in in Russia. Ten months ago, predicted almost eerily predicted everything so far that's happening in Ukraine. He 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 said this is what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to declare this a great patriotic war. They're going to send the troops in and they're going to get annihilated. Right. Um, and and, and, he, and right. He, he 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 not only he not only
1: said all that uh that this is all going to happen, but he said it was going to be an
0: unmitigated disaster, right? Right. 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 So um so un, in those circumstances does does he pull out chemical weapons? Does he pull out tactical nukes? NATO's saying if either one of those things happen, it's gonna it's going to be it's going to provoke a serious response. Nobody's saying red line yet, <laughs> but um, they are warning that any such use will will, will constitute an escalation that will get a serious response. Um,
1: well, you see, that's the thing. Uh, Joe Biden has kind of already taken hasn't he? Kind of already scouted out both sides of that didn't he already say um the response would be severe if he did use a chemical weapon and then a a day or two later he just tried to warn people saying you know it looks like he may use a chemical weapon and kind of shrugged his shoulders like well i'm not sure what we're going to do about it hasn't biden kind of staked out both sides of that red line
0: Uh, well yeah i mean and tactically speaking politically speaking I mean I think that that's probably uh, you know not not necessarily uh, I am not sure that I would call it unwise I'll just put it that way tactically speaking some ambig- some ambiguity here might be might be worth having
1: this was So so if he, if he drops a chem weapon in Mariupol because uh, because he can't resupply it now yeah and so so he starts doing chem weapons there
0: Yeah there, there's going to have to be a response NATO is going to have to respond. I,
1: I was going to say, what? Wh- how do you think Boris Johnson is going to react
0: to that? Um, I think he's going to say, we need to target the units that that dropped those chemical weapons and annihilate them. Well, but now if you do that, that's that's a that's a that's a
1: direct NATO response. It to... is a direct
0: NATO response. There's actually a really interesting piece in the Guardian today too that I, I was reading, and you know, taking into account the Guardian. But, yeah, go ahead. But but. What they're saying is if you have a limited reaction, it allows Putin to have a limited counter reaction. Uh, in other words, you don't send NATO charging you know ch- charging you know pell mell across the border of Ukraine at that point. You do a limited strike on 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 whatever units uh, were responsible for that uh, chemical weapons attack or the tactical or tactical nuclear attack, and then w- then sit back and see what Putin does. In response to that.
1: Yeah. Uh, make make that,
0: him responsible for any further escalations, basically, that, is what
1: the argument that is. May, and, right. And that, may, that actually may end up being the least worst option. Yeah, there's I, think, I lo- think so, too. There, there's not there's not a lot of good options here, but it may be no, There are no worse. good options here. Right. I mean,
0: there are no good options here. Uh, and, and I think what happened in the West is that they were so convinced of the Russian military might that they just figured that there's no way that the Ukrainians would be able to hold out more than a few days. And so any, any action on our part would be futile. Right. Well, clearly that's no longer the case, right? I mean, the the, the Ukrainians have demonstrated that they're pretty damn good at what they're doing here and that the Russians are pretty damn bad. And,
1: and, And if, and if we just put our, if we just put the thumb on the scale a smidge, um we we could we could maybe topple and take take Russia off the map for for a you know decade now or half. at
0: least the military at least their military yeah. threat their, their conventional military threat, I think is already uh, exposed as and, as vapor, and, and, anyway.
1: And again, as far as trying to give Putin an off-ramp, trying to you know give him a way to de-escalate and claim you know some face saving move and get out. Um, I I, re- I really don't know how that is actually part of the equation now because did you see who's actually starting to do military training and exercises with NATO?
0: Um,
1: no, Finland and Sweden are. Oh well, here. yeah, we've
0: been talking about Finland and Sweden for a while. I mean, they, they have yet to formally join NATO, but they're getting awfully close to it.
1: They sure are, aren't they? And
0: and uh,
1: uh, you, you you think you think Russia could actually? Pull away from this in in any degree. Seeing Finland and Sweden now join NATO and say, "Yep, that was a really smart move. We 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 accomplished everything we wanted here."
0: Yeah, no, I I think that this is backfire, backfire, backfire for Putin. Yeah, I think it's, it's backfire all down the line for Putin. Um, yeah, because Finland shares a fairly long border with the with sure Russia. Sure does, doesn't it? And St. Sure Petersburg does. is right across the way from it. So sure,
1: sure, sure is.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if if his and again you got to go back. I mean, I, you know, Putin's lied his way all the way through this. I I never bought the premise to begin with. But what was the premise of 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 why Putin did this? What what was the, the existential need for Putin to take the steps that he took in in Ukraine? What was the premise?
0: Uh, to defend Russians against Nazis. Well, okay, that was that was that was one stupid <laughs> that was, thing. That was that was that was Putin's
1: but his but his premise was we it, it, it's an existential threat. we cannot stand a Ukraine joining NATO and having NATO, a NATO on, country their, on their country on, on our border, even though they already have NATO countries on their border in Estonia and Latvia, right?
0: Well, that was the reason why Zelensky's saying they're next. <laughs> if right. You, if you let this happen, they're next right, yeah, so yep, yeah. all right um. One last thing, um, getting back to our previous thing. This was just coming across the wire as we were talking about it. Um, British leader Boris Johnson has waded into the transgender debate telling parliament that the basic facts of biology remain overwhelmingly important in distinguishing men from women. Uh, I mean, this is almost as saying, you know, it's really important to distinguish that there's, uh, you know, two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen and water. <laughs> Look, <laughs> If you're distinguishing men from women, it's all about biology. Katanji Bron jackson even said so. It's about the biology. You have to be a biologist to, to understand the difference I, between men and I'm women. I'm still
1: trying to wake up from this 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 two-year-long masking vax uh, horror show that was the pandemic in which if you push back at all at the nonsense coming out of the pie hole of Anthony Fauci or Rochelle Walensky, and you questioned what they were doing and what they were advising and the edicts that were coming down. If you question that, you were questioning science itself, right? Science. The science. Right. The science was settled. The
0: science says you have to mask kids because the science. Simple science says put your masks on your face. Put your masks on your face. Simple right? science says. So,
1: so, so for, for, for two years... We have been browbeat into submission on this pandemic, because if you if you don't go along with it, you're being a science denier, right? Yeah. And that's coming off of a decade and a half of Al Goreism and uh, John Kerryism with regards to climate. If you don't, if if we don't do something about uh, about climate change, if we don't quit burning fossil fuels, if we don't quit um, all this other. Uh, 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 coal burning and, and carbon uh, energy production. If we don't get off of all this, we're all going to die. All the animals are going to die. All the ice is going to melt. We're going to lose all, you know, all this stuff's going to happen. Right. Right. And if, you, and if you disagree with that, you are denying what? Science. Because the, because the science says all that. Science. Right? We're, we're so, anti-science. So, so the left has been just taken a sledgehammer to us saying, If you disagree, you can't even have a different opinion. You can't even question anything we're saying. It doesn't matter whether there's, there's holes in it. It doesn't matter whether it can withstand actual scientific scrutiny. If you question it, you are a science denier. You're denying climate. You're denying science itself. Right now. Tell me again about the science when we're talking about um, Leah Thomas in the pool yeah tell me tell me again about science when the biology
0: the biology is she's uh, he's a man swimming against women in the pool. he's yeah. not he's not a women's he's not a women's swimming champion. He's a man who swam against women in their, in their championship. Right. Match. Tell, tell me again about Rachel Levine,
1: uh, being the, 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 Babylon, the woman of the year, Babylon bees woman of the year. <laughs> okay. So, so tell, yeah, tell, tell me again, how, how if we are, if, if we recognize what science has said for the entire existence of, of, of humans on this planet, tell me again, how there's thirty-five different genders? How, how 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 is
0: that scientifically evident anywhere? There's 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 no science for that. By the way, and I, we really got to wrap up here. But you, you mentioned climate science here. And, and Anatoly Chubais who defected. I mean, I don't think there's any other word for it who defected yesterday, right? <laughs> um was the was Vladimir Putin's point man on climate change, right? This is the guy who's negotiating yeah. with John Kerry and he, you know, he, he was his
1: John Kerry, right? right?
0: Do you think Anatoly Chubais has anything to say about um Russian propaganda co-opting climate science climate science? Cuz I'm really curious about what Anatoly Chubais has to say about that and about China's influence on climate science and the UN's efforts on exactly. climate science Exactly Exactly I, I am I am very curious about that indeed but we'll have to let that go for another podcast because we're out of time here what's coming up on well I'm coming up tonight uh, You are on,
1: uh on, yeah on we we, uh, we we didn't do one last night because I had to uh, umpire a Little League game, so we are delaying that till today. This is the home and home show. Uh, I do your show, then you do my show. Uh, so we will see what comes out of the final day of hearings. This is no longer questioning directly of uh, Kataji Brown-Jackson. This is the expert witnesses. This is the this is the after show of the, of the Senate confirmation process that takes place today. We'll see if there's anything that comes out of that. I doubt there will be much, but we'll see what kind of things uh, percolate in the news. Um, it's just going gonna, gonna to be interesting to see over the next uh, days and weeks if it comes down to it's a 50-50 split with uh, Kamala Harris coming in and,
0: and doing time passages. <laughs> Time passages. All right, Dwayne, and what's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show? Uh,
1: tomorrow's show is actually uh, quite uh, quite busy. Lindsey Graham will be on uh-huh. um, to react to this uh, this week's events. Uh, Sunny Bunch will be on. Uh, we'll do a uh, conversation with Larry Arn about what's going on uh, in Europe as well. There's there's all sorts of stuff ahead.
0: All right, so that's tomorrow morning. At, Matt Foldy uh, of the
1: of the Free Beacon will be on. By oh, the way,
0: there you go good guest all right that's tomorrow morning at 6 a.m eastern time 5 a.m on the uh in god's time zone excuse me 3 a.m on the left coast tonight's after show uh in the universe starts at 8 p.m eastern time and so tune in for that as well dwayne generalismo patterson thank you very much don't forget we're not going to be on my show next week because i'm on vacation but uh you're gonna be out here I will be out there and I might we st- uh, we, yeah we still we still need to hook up and see if we're gonna break bread together we gotta do it we gotta do it <laughs> we don't get too many opportunities for that so yeah we're, we we're definitely gonna do we're gonna definitely do something along those lines Dwayne alright uh, stay tuned for more from the Ed Morrissey show we'll be right back Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show. It's my pleasure now to introduce Michael Duran from the Hudson Institute, Hudson.org. His commentary appears at Tablet. It appears at the Wall Street Journal. He's on Twitter as well. And uh, it's at Duranimated, I believe, is uh, is your Twitter handle, right, Michael? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So at Duranimated, before we even get to the topic today, which is going to be Iran and uh, Russia and the U.S., we first have to talk about a very important topic—the painting that's behind Michael on the screen—because he told me a great story about this. First off, for people who don't recognize him, who is in the who's in the painting, and why is he wearing a uh, a tropical
2: shirt? Oh, that's uh, that's David Ben Gurion, and uh, there he is, right there. and he's the uh, founder of uh, Israel. He is the founder and, of Israel, uh, he's, yeah. and he's he's a hero of mine. But there's an Israeli artist that uh, that draws pictures of historical figures, mainly Israeli, but he does Abraham Lincoln and some others as and depicts them as hipsters. So this is David Ben Gurion as a retiree on, on Miami Beach. <laughs> that's just awesome.
0: I I saw that when we first connected up. And I said we gotta we gotta throw that into the podcast because that's just that's just fun. All right, Michael, um, to the serious stuff now. Um, we're seeing what looks to be a completely insane foreign policy here from the Biden administration. Now you've actually fleshed out some of the, in great detail in uh, at tablet and at the wall street journal as to what the dynamics and interests are of the Biden administration, uh, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping uh, regarding Iran, the Iran deal and the region and uh, you know going through the, the things that you've written about this um i i i sense there there's at least a, a it's not a rational reason for what how, what the biden uh, team is pursuing but i understand why there is a, a, at least what what it is that they think they're accomplishing here what is it that they think they're accomplishing by cutting this deal with iran
2: well, um you know, you can analyze it a lot of a lot of different ways. They're, what they say they're doing is stabilizing the Middle East. They what what they uh what they say is that our allies, the Israelis and the Saudis, have been forcing us into maximalist positions against the Iranians that won't work. We you know, and they they they, they look at Trump's maximum pressure policy and say it, it didn't work. It didn't work. Of course, they did everything they could to scuttle it before. <laughs> so uh, right. they, never, they never, you know, they never wanted to do it. Uh, but, uh, the, and they think that uh, if we, um, if we try to kind of uh, find an accommodation with the Iranians and bring them into the, uh, bring them into the, Security architecture of the Middle East. Show them that we don't want to topple them. Uh, you know, if we reach our, out our hand in friendship, a kinder, gentler Iran will emerge. Um, I, 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 I think this is going to fail and fail uh, spectacularly. Well, I think it's going to fail
0: and fail spectacularly because I think, in the first instance. The Biden administration doesn't understand the non-rational—I won't say irrational—but the non-rational motivations for the Iranian mullahs uh, to pursue the policies that they pursue. Uh, I mean, this is a radical, extreme sect of Shia Islam, which is um, entirely apocalyptic, and that's the policies that they're pursuing are are basically in pursuit of an apocalypse. Because they think they're, they're going to come out on the, on the on the right end of an apocalypse. I mean, it's and it's not that it's irrational; it's just that it's non-rational. And I don't think anybody in the United States really grasps this, or at least anybody in this administration, I should say.
2: I I, I have a slightly different take than you on it. Um, I I I don't think it's really. Um, I I think there's re- religion and radical religion in the mix there. Okay. Uh, but when these guys make foreign policy, I'm talking about the uh the um the leaders in in tehran um they're pretty hard-headed realists you know th- okay. but their their goal their goal is to drive the united states out of the middle east that's their number one goal and they want to start by driving us out of the persian gulf they want to be the dominant power in the persian gulf and then from there they want to drive us out of the middle east uh they want to annihilate israel uh and uh uh they're you know for a uh, a power that's really a declining power, and I think Iran is. It it, it doesn't look like that because we're building it up. <laughs> I mean, the the weird thing about the United States is, uh, especially under the Democrats, we are we are letting them borrow our power and build them up um, so that they can tear us down together with the Chinese and the Russians.
0: Which is what we're going to get to in just a second. But there's also another layer to this, right? Which is the the Sunni Shia conflict in that region. And they want to push us out. They want to push Israel out. No doubt about that. The, the death to America, death to Israel. Chance. But what they also want to do is they want to exert dominance over the entire uh, Muslim Muslim
2: world. And they, they see, yeah, they yeah. see themselves as the. They see they they. I, the Ayatollah many thinks that he is the leader of the entire Islamic world. That's true. Right.
0: So, and this this becomes important when we start talking about the Saudis. We'll talk about the Saudis in a moment, but let's talk about Russia and China here. Right now, the Biden administration is pursuing what you've written to be as the realignment policy. And it, again, this is at Tablet. These are very detailed essays that uh, Michael Duran has written. I'm going to have links when we when we actually do our live chat so you guys can, can see this. But you can go to Tablet Magazine and, and um, read this. And the Great Realignment is this sort of oddly realist policy that seeks to extricate the United States to a large extent from the region, almost sort of giving the Iranians what they want, which is us out of the way. And this is something that um, Barack Obama really pushed. And all the same threads are there, you argue, in in these pieces as uh during the obama administration when they were f- first pursuing the jcpoa
2: yeah i i i wrote that uh, together with a, a friend of mine uh, tony Maduran, um about i don't know six eight months ago and uh we were trying to say to some of our friends who were saying that uh that biden was not going to be a repeat of obama on the middle east um, that no in fact this is the third term of Obama i think the piece stands up pretty well now that we've got this iran deal about to come down and the they didn't they didn't negotiate they were they keep you know they keep getting accused by people who wanna uh, who wanna um uh, ascribe good intentions to them of being bad negotiators but they're they're not bad negotiators this is a fire sale they're giving it all away they're giving iran what it wants it's it it is I mean, quite. Uh, in, I don't mean this as a as a as a, a statement of criticism. It's an appeasement policy. They believe they believe that Iran is an appeasable power, and that if we give it what it wants, basically, then we can come to an agreement with it, and that will mean that we don't have to use our military force anymore. We can just kind of uh, through diplomacy stabilize the Middle East.
0: And this is where it starts to get a little incoherent, right? Uh, especially right at the moment. Maybe. In 2015, I would say I would arguably say not even in 2015. After the invasion of Georgia in 2008, nobody should have been looking to Vladimir Putin as an interlocutor for um, adherence to international law. But 2014, he also um, sends proxy militias into Donbass, you know, the, the Donetsk, Luhansk, and and seizes Crimea. The very next yeah. year, of course, and this is more with Europe. Uh, Obama is signing off in the JCPOA. Now, I don't remember Russia being tremendously involved in this, but I do remember that the Iranians were sort of looking to Moscow or aligning more with Moscow at that time. Now we have the Russians at the table. Mikhail Ulyanov bragging to reporters about two weeks ago that he made a great deal for Iran um, at the same time that we're warning that uh, that, uh, Vladimir Putin might be using chemical weapons or tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine. I mean, that makes no sense at all to have them at the table as some sort of guarantor
2: of Iranian compliance. It doesn't doesn't make sense, although um, it's a tell in the sense that uh, what what the Biden administration thinks it's doing in Ukraine is not what it's making us believe it's doing. What I mean to say is... By the, the, the the rhetoric of the Biden administration now is that you know almost like Cold War rhetoric against um, against Putin, but you all along there has been this restraint on the part of the Biden administration with respect to, to Ukraine. I mean, we did not deter Putin. No. Putin Putin Putin's doing very badly in Ukraine because the ukraine because because he made some r- terrible miscalculations and his his army was uh was ill prepared for the mission that it was given and the ukrainians were uh were well um trained enough and dedicated enough to be able to exploit those weaknesses but that's not a success of american policy it's america benefits from it but we didn't we didn't do it and we kept setting red lines for ourselves and and the reason for that is that biden wants to cut a deal with putin that's not what the that's not what a lot of Biden's critics are saying, but that's what he that's what he wants. And the and the tell is, of course, with the with the uh, with the nuclear deal, because you know Ned Price, the the, the spokesman of the State Department, went out a couple of weeks ago from the podium. He said Biden. So he said uh, Putin is the pariah and Russia is a pariah, and we're going to negotiate the Iran deal with him. <laughs> so <All> right, <laughs> clearly, 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 this partner pariah. I mean, which is it? And the other, the other tell is the way they have turned to the Chinese time and time again to, uh, to work with the Chinese on Crimea. Not that they've gotten any, uh, any benefit out of that either. Uh, but it shows you, these, these little episodes show you how they're thinking about world order and America's place in it. They're thinking about a concert system with the United States, uh, um, Russia, and China stabilizing the globe together with the Europeans, stabilizing the globe. Yes, there will be points of friction between us like Ukraine, but but uh but we're gonna we're gonna teach Putin through the sanctions that we that that we uh that that we put on him that this is not the way to get what he wants. You remember when Putin went together with the Iranians in Syria, Obama said, oh you're in a quagmire and th- and, and it won't work this use of force like this it won't work it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna backfire on you because they they truly believe they don't they don't want to say it because they know it sounds naive to people like me and you but they truly believe that the world has moved beyond power politics in some way and that those who engage in power politics are gonna uh, are gonna have their fingers burned and so it's just a matter of teaching vladimir that this that, that that these that these bully ways of his are 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 gonna are are gonna um, be self defeating.
0: Well, yes, and, and and clearly that's been terribly effective so far in American policy. Uh, so well, now let's. I, I want to bring this around now to the Saudis because uh, I was making this point. And this is kind of how we connected on Twitter, um, a bit, um, which is that the Saudis now have decided that, um, that they are looking, they're, they're looking the better deal of the US, right? I mean, the Saudis went through the Obama years where they were, Obama was courting Iran at their expense. Um, then they went through the Trump years and whatever anybody wants to think about Trump, it was pretty good years for the Saudis because yeah. Trump was much more oriented towards the Sunni nations, you know, tried to rally them together with Israel. Uh, to stand off against iran which which is a natural which is a natural way to do power politics if you want to talk about power politics in the region for us because most of those nations have been friendly to us in in one form or another um now it looks like biden's selling the saudis out came came, talking about pariah he came in promising to make the saudis pariahs over the uh,
2: murder and they didn't like it they didn't like it go figure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and they a, he didn't go I ahead. Mean, what are they, they you know I, I mean he seems to have expected he came in and he and he, he announced I'm going to make MBS a pariah more or less I mean those were not his words but that but clearly that was the intention and they seem to have expected the MBS to say uh, you know thank you sir can I have another I just, it's amazing well, really and,
0: and then they, and then the Biden administration is sort of an aside here, but it's related, but it's a little bit of an, uh, an aside. The Biden Biden decides that he's going to go try to get the Saudis to boost production to help him out, so that it can lower price, you know, gas prices at the pumps, and Democrats won't get blamed for inflation, and the Saudis won't even take his call at this point. They're yeah. that they're that frustrated, and not that I'm gloating about this, maybe just a little bit, but a little but, bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit, Michael. Just between you and a, you yeah. and me and the people who are watching this. Maybe just a little bit, but but I mean, this is a bad situation. Well, we're,
2: we're, we're bemused. We're, we're we're bemused by the ideas that our betters in our society have about the way the world works. Yes, okay. there you go. That's
0: that's a that's a better way of putting it. And I'm going to remember that formulation in the future. Um, but then the Saudis are not content to just not take Joe Biden's, you know, desperation phone calls. They're actually looking now to negotiate with China. And this has been going on for some time, but the Saudis had been reluctant to to follow through on this. They're going to start doing sales in um Chinese currency, one, um, rather than dollars, which is the way that the Saudis have always sold their oil, which makes which is a bit of a cage rattler when it comes to the dollar as a reserve currency so the saudis are making it clear that they're going to push back against the dollar supremacy in there if biden continues to pursue uh, a pro-shia um, uh, policy in the region that is that is a, another consequence of this
2: yeah there's been a whole there's been in addition to what you just mentioned the saudis are also now building military drones with the chinese in saudi arabia uh, they're building ballistic missiles with the Chinese in Saudi Arabia. The Chinese are helping them with their nuclear program, which yep. there's because the JcpoA was the starting gun for a nuclear arms race, the exact opposite of what everybody what they said about it. Um, the uh, Emiratis are in the same situation with the Saudis uh, with regard to Iran. Um, they're building drones uh, with the, with the Chinese. They're now buying Chinese fighter jets. They're as disturbed by U.S. policy. The, the Emirates have been hit by uh, Iranian ballistic missiles about three times in the last two months. I think, uh, of course, they were launched by the Houthis out of Yemen. Um, but the United States, which is their 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 patron, uh, when they've been hit by these uh, by these attacks, has number one. Uh, identified the Houthis as the perpetrator, not the Iranians, so giving the Iranians a pass. Right. Um, and, and then secondly, said to the Emiratis, oh, well, th- yeah, they've, they have, uh, the, the Americans have, have criticized the attacks. You know, they've, 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 they've said they're horrible, and they've said to the, to the Emiratis, we're, we support you, and we're here for you but we're here, we're, you know, we're, we're just giving them a hug and emotional encouragement. We're not doing anything. What they need us to do is to actually deter the Iranians, something that they can't do on their own. And so we've made our allies, the Saudis, the Emiratis, and others kind of defense orphans. They have, um, they can't, uh, they, they can't deter the Iranians. We won't do it. So they're starting to go to China.
0: Well, and this is, and this kind of gets into the final phase of what I wanted to talk to you about because you've written so thoughtfully about this. This is, I think, a clear example of what happens when, you know, Pax Americana vacates a region, right? I mean, and I'm not necessarily a guy who likes the idea of America being a global policeman. In fact, I don't like it at all. However, there are worse... (laughs) There are worse options here, and what we're going to see in the Middle East are some of the worse options. You're going to you're going to be leaving a vacuum there, almost by design. And again, I, I would highly recommend that you go uh, read Michael Duran's uh, tablet uh, m- tablet magazine articles, especially about the realignment and what the purpose of the realignment is from the Obama administration as well as the Biden administration. What that purpose is? The purpose is to get us out of that region um essentially except for just doing some trade and that leaves a vacuum and what happens in a vacuum is not that smaller powers just simply learn to you know sing aquarius and 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 hold hands together around the campfire what happens is other larger powers will come in and try to fill that vacuum and that's precisely what russia and china is, are doing in the open now openly doing
2: this. yeah openly op- openly doing it now uh the um um Maybe you could say uh, two things if we have uh, uh, if, if we have time. Plenty of time. Go ahead. Uh, well, there, there. First of all, there, there are. So let's just say, you know, you say you don't want America to be the policeman, and I, I think that a good argument could be made. I, I think I have actually made it that there's uh, pretty much a, an imperative, you know, coming from a domestic political imperative to pull back from the Middle East somewhat. Uh, I think every president no matter who he is is uh you know the last four have felt it i think you can show it pretty clearly um uh and including george w bush I, whom i worked for uh i think there's the george w bush the first term and the second term are two totally different people uh with regard to the middle east mm-hmm. and uh the so there are two ways you can do this one is you pull back and then you put more responsibility on the allies right um who are a disparate group they don't get along well they have incompatible ca- capabilities and so on so they we we we're, we're the glue between them we assign roles and missions and we come in and we fill in uh in the areas where they're uh, where they're inadequate um, and that's the idea that trump was arriving at uh it wasn't perfectly executed with trump but trump created the space where that that could happen The Obama idea is we we turn our, uh, I mean, the Obama and Biden idea is that we turn our enemies into our partners. Uh, And our our enemies are our enemies for a reason. They want to destroy us. So it's not simply that we're leaving a vacuum. I mean, if if our attitude was we're going to get out, okay, Israel, you go take care, do whatever you want, that's fine. We're actually restraining Israel, and we're building up Iran so we we don't have to do it that way we don't we don't have to we don't have to let iran borrow our power to destroy us that's the that's the craziness that that's the one point i wanted to make and and the other one just quickly is that uh um the uh, one of the, 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 this is woke foreign policy this is this is progressive foreign policy and being progressive it means it's also domestic politics and i think that explains why uh, it, you know it's a kind of a closed system you see the way they they work on energy policy now the um uh the it, w- the woke energy policy of the united states and of europe turned germany into a dependency of of russia right and the, the whole idea was that the economic interaction was going to soften the russian agenda but vladimir putin still believes in power politics so he can turn his economy into a tool of Uh, geopolitics. So, so, but what's the answer now when they, when they look at this? Well, we have to have more green energy because this, 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 you know, this, this uh, fossil fuel dependency that, uh, that, that, uh, that Germany has on Russia, that's the problem. So we just have to get rid of fossil fuels. So when you, when you live in a woke world, all of the answers to the problems that wokeism creates have to be woke, right? So you're, it's a, it's a closed. It's a totally closed system. And so, in domestic politics, the beautiful thing about this, uh, um, about these ideas on foreign policy that the Biden team have, you know, that the, it's the Israelis and the Saudis who are forcing us into conflict with Iran, um, and if we just reach out our hand to them. We can uh, we can uh, soften their agenda and find common space with them and so on. This what it does is it turns all these characters: uh, the Israelis, you know, the, the Bibi Netanyahu, Mohammed bin Salman in, in Saudi Arabia, the evangelical Christians in the United States, the Zionist Jews in the United States, the re- security-minded Republicans, right? So this cast of characters, whom the progressives hate anyway, it turns. <laughs> It, it turns it turns them into the party of war. Remember, Obama said about the JCPOA. It's 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 war or the JCPOA. So there's there's the party of war, and, and then that that conception, it doesn't turn the Iranians into the part the peace party, but it turns them into the object of diplomacy. Because remember, we Democrats, we progressives, we're the believers in soft power because soft power is smart. And hard power is dumb, and we are going to show these stupid, dumb, thuggish Republicans that there's a smart, soft way to get what we want. And, and and so, as domestic politics, it's 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 a it's a winning message, especially when you're messaging to progressives. And when everything goes wrong, right? And there's war in the Middle East created by these woke policies, the they'll turn around and say, "Look, ah, those damn Israelis or those." It'll be more it'll be more in sorrow than in anger those israelis they they just won't learn they just won't learn I, we I, we tried to tell them but they won't learn
0: oh we heard that constantly in the uh, obama administration constantly uh, especially about benjamin netanyahu right well you know he, you yeah. just can't tell him anything he he's still you know it, it it was it was almost um I would say the analog to that, Michael, was the was Obama's response to Mitt Romney that notorious response in that notorious <laughs> debate. Oh, the eighties called; they want their foreign policy back. No, reality's calling, <laughs> <laughs> and the world right. does not work the way you're saying it works, pal.
2: <laughs> That's it. no. They they truly believe. This is the thing. They truly believe that we have progressed beyond the era of power politics yeah. and uh the the because we're in this globalized world now networked world if you look and look here's the proof ed you can see the, the proof right before your eyes i mean how can you be so condescending is how can you be so blind look at look at what the international sanctions have done to putin he doesn't have prada in uh in the in moscow anymore he doesn't have gucci I, and and i mean actually i mean i'm there's actually he he is suffering economically oh, yeah. i mean we yeah have, have really he's in bad shape there's no doubt about it but they can look at those the at the at the what what we've done to his economy and they can say we don't have to use these hard power tools anymore don't have to use them anymore except the problem is he's still flattening ukrainian cities right, right. <laughs> so right. until uh, if we don't deter maybe maybe we can use these soft power tools or these you know these these new uh glo- the, the 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 tools that a globalized economy has given us to uh to deter these guys but it has to be in combination with traditional power political tools
0: indeed i'd look at that but i'm still looking at the uh portrait of david ben-gurion on the wall behind you michael i mean <laughs> i can't see anything past that that's uh, that's just awesome <laughs> michael duran by the way again you can find him on twitter at duranimated he's at the hudson hudson institute which is hudson.org and uh and of course tablet uh tablet magazine and uh wall street journal michael thanks so much for joining us we got to do this again I had a blast
2: anytime yeah i really appreciate it it's a lot of fun and i i'm such a fan of your site uh just a uh, a uh you know, an uh, uh, intelligent, thoughtful, independent voice. Kind of way, what, you, what you used to think we had in America everywhere. But...
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm, you know, maybe I'm a throwback. I don't know, but that sounds great. Michael, thank you so much. We'll come back with more.